Hello, you're listening to the Co-Create Work podcast with Lakita Williams and Chloe Anderson. At Co-Create Work, we help leaders just like you build companies that change lives. Each week on this podcast, we talk all things leadership, personal development, well-being, lifestyle, and creating the capacity it takes to build a great company with more ease and alignment. Welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast. Hello, co-creators, and welcome to this week's episode of the Co-Create Work Podcast. And we are so excited because we have a guest episode and we have Jada Selner joining us. Hello, Jada. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be here and be in conversation with the both of you today. Yay, and we're so excited. Jada Selner is a best-selling author, business coach, international keynote speaker, TEDx presenter, poet, and host of the Lead with Love podcast. She's the author of She Builds, the anti-hustle guide to grow your business and nourish your life. She's also the co-author of the best-selling book, Simple Green Smoothies, where over 1 million people have embraced this simple and healthy habit. As the founder of Jada Selner Media Inc. and She Builds Collective, Jada helps women build their businesses and their lives in a way that works for them with love. She has been featured in Forbes, O, The Oprah Magazine, and The Wall Street Journal. Learn more about Jada Selner at jadaselner.com or follow her on social media at at Jada Selner. When Jada's not speaking on stage, you can catch her dancing to Beyonce in her living room or sipping on a chai tea latte by a cozy fireplace. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband, daughter, and dog, Beasley. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, Jada. We are huge Beyonce fans as well. I already have my tickets queued up. I have my tickets too. Tamika and I are going this summer. Super excited. So excited. Love it. And um, we are so excited to talk to you today. And I have to just name that this is such a full circle moment for me. I'm really like vibing out because I first heard you on a podcast, the Jonathan Fields podcast, Good Life Project. And then we connected and we, I have worked with you. You have been my mentor and we have worked on projects together. And it's just such an honor to now have you on our podcast, your impact on co-create work is unstated and just such a huge impact on our business, my life, and all the things. So it is such an honor to have you here. <laughs> I love full circle moments. Me so beautiful. Right? <laughs> and we are going to talk to folks. We're going to get into the nitty gritty today and talk all about planning, specifically quarterly planning. Uh, and how is so essential as a part of the process for entrepreneurs to think about and really be strategic, right, in their business, regardless of the size of the business. So we would love if you could start off, Jada, by sharing why planning is a critical process for all entrepreneurs, regardless of the type of business they have or any other elements. Yeah, I think this is really important for us to, one, take a step back to think, dream, plan, strategize. And I truly believe that anti-hustle is the antidote to burnout. 
And one of those key strategies that helps us stay out of burnout, overwhelm, and exhaustion is actually creating an intentional plan and not just flying by the seat of our pants, which is what we do as startups, as entrepreneurs, but then we have to mature and like deepen into creating an intentional plan. And what I notice for many founders, entrepreneurs, small business owners is that we get caught in the cycle of fear. And how I define that in my book and she builds is F-E-A-R. So the first is forcing and then exhaustion, avoidance and rigidity. And I just want to expand on that just a little bit because I think this helps with when we're thinking about planning Uh, very often we are forcing, we're trying to make fetch happen, right? So we are pushing, we're going at it hard in the paint, all of these things. And when we push and we over exert ourselves, then we move into exhaustion where we are depleted, we're tired, we have no energy left. And I know for my introverted self that when I'm tired, the next thing that I move into is avoidance. I just want to hide under the covers. I want to Netflix. I want to binge all the the Bridgerton, (laughs) uh, you know, and that avoidance, then we stop moving our ideas, our plans, our visions forward. And then we move into rigidity, which is well, I made this plan or I set this goal. I said I needed to do it in this amount of time. And so we get right back into the forcing. So it's a cycle of fear that we get caught in. And I think that the planning process really, especially a a cyclical planning process where we're doing it consistently, not just, you know, it's New Year's, but actually doing it uh, a, a more consistent cadence of every quarter, every season, every three months, every 90 days. There's a million different ways that we can say um, quarterly planning. But to me, I think it gives us this natural rhythm where we can be agile, where we can be flexible and not be rigid and make adjustments as we move through our businesses throughout the year. Yes, I love this, Jada, and I love the acronym for fear and avoidance. We on the last week's podcast, we talked about five areas we see leaders struggling with right now, and avoidance is huge. And we are even seeing folks take take the leap into avoidance of like, I don't even want to do this anymore. I yes. like I'm ready to abandon the business yep. and run off. And that's that's a form of avoidance. And when you tap in, a lot of times we see it's because there aren't these processes or practices and people, I believe, like don't feel grounded mm-hmm. in their ability to do the work. So if you feel like you're in chaos constantly, to your point, you're going to feel burnt out or feel like, hey, this isn't for me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying the same thing with my clients too, where they're yeah. just like, I want to shut it down. But those (laughs) who create plans intentionally and strategically, then they know where to focus. And they say, don't put a timeline on your dreams, put a timeline on your actions. And I think because of the last three years that we have all moved through as leaders in our lives and in our companies is that we're tired, right? We're exhausted. And also, it's almost hard to dream in this season because so many things have been uncertain. So many dreams have not come to fruition. So we're actually 
out of practice in visioning. We're actually out of practice in planning, but that is what will ground us. That is what will give us clarity, direction, what to say no to. So we actually have boundaries in our business, but when we don't have boundaries, that's when we let things bleed into our personal lives. We burn out and then we want to shut everything down. Yeah. The, your point here about the vision in peace, I, we, I see that so clearly as well. If you are overwhelmed, you're burnt out, you aren't thinking about the new ideas and the dreams you have and how you want to move forward. And then it really seems like, what am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. Earlier, you mentioned a point about consistency and consistency being key. Could you talk more about that? Uh, especially some patterns that people might put in place to consistently plan. Yeah. So I think for many people, it's the same way that you look at going to the gym. If you're someone who is naturally inspired to go to the gym or, you know, Pilates studio, for me, I'm like more like things that are more soothing to my nervous system, right? But whatever that is, if you are naturally compelled to do that on your own, great. But most of us need some type of external commitment, guidance, support to make sure that we show up for the thing that we know matters and makes a difference. And that's the same thing in our businesses, right? It's like we we need to be a part of a planning gym where we have someone who's holding us to do that. Because what I noticed with my clients who are not in my programs where that consistent planning happens is it's that fly by the seat of your pants or kind of all over the place. And you need that structure and consistency for the reflection, for the celebration, for the the vision casting, to have a vision that compels you to want to move forward. But when we don't have anything that we're moving towards, or also I'll say many founders are very fast at making their dreams happen really quickly. And so they achieve it and they don't even realize that they haven't created a new vision to pull them forward. And we have to keep expanding that. And that's, I talk about L-O-V-E, lead, optimize, visualize, and expand. And so that piece we need in place in order to keep us inspired and engaged with the work. But if we don't do that, then we're just, we're going to, it's going to become very monotonous. Um, so sometimes we need that external accountability to hold us to the consistency because founders and visionaries are very kind of, you know, all over the place. They've got a million ideas and very sporadic and can also be very exhausting to team too. So Mm -hmm. the plan helps us actually create some creative constraints and a container where everyone knows this is the priority. This is what we're focusing on. If you have new ideas, park it. We'll revisit it in three months. Yes, I love this piece about energy management from the leader to the team. And we can burn folks out when we aren't consistent in our processes and plan it as well. I love that so much. Well, and I just had this image of like, you get these big bursts of excitement and energy. And so all this planning happens, but that consistency piece is so important. So it's not just this big burst, like a firework going off and then there's nothing. Like we need, we need the coals, right? We need to just keep it burning and going. Yeah. So critical. You talked about there too, Jada. I think you started to allude to this idea. You said a container, but founders need to find a place to receive support. We talk a lot as well about 
how critical coaching is or how critical something like masterminds are. I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about those guardrails and why they're so important for leaders and then some shifts that you've seen leaders have as a result of both planning and getting inside uh, community in a way with yeah. other folks. Yeah. So something I talk about in chapter four of my book is gather your support squad. And it is a holistic support squad. I think when we are building something meaningful and impactful and also profitable, we need those support mechanisms in place. And so there's three categories of how I unpack this. The first one is us being able to have peers and colleagues. These are people who are they are our parallel playmates, right? So they're in a similar season and journey. We're going after the same thing. This is something where people are masterminding, brainstorming, bringing ideas together, um, sharing resources. There's just something very powerful about everyone kind of dealing with the same struggles, but also being able to celebrate those really big highs, right? That they can have the humble brags and not feel like they are taking up too much space, that people actually want to see them win. And then we have our mentors. And these are people, our coaches, consultants. Um, sometimes mentors can be mentors from afar. Just like Lakita, you said you first heard me on a <laughs> podcast. And Jonathan Fields was my mentor from afar, listening to his podcast and then going to his event and then joining a mastermind and then all of that, right? So there's something really powerful about having someone who is guiding you on your journey because there's this saying, you can't see the label from inside the jar. And when we are in our companies, we are so deep in it. It's just like we can't see the bigger picture always. And so someone being able to hold and track that, just like um, I think about Olympic athletes. And they're working with their coaches for at least four years. There's so many people sometimes where they're kind of bouncing around, jumping around to different coaches and consultants, which is okay if you're trying to find the right fit. But there is such power in longevity and working with someone who understands your business, understands your personal life values, and is holding those holistically as you grow your business and you grow yourself. And then we have, we need like a safe space to be seen and heard. So this is you having the emotional support, your life coach or therapist, or for me, I have both, right? That I think we don't talk about this enough because also mental health is highly impacted in entrepreneurship. Our nervous systems are activated in fight or flight, survival mode, money's up and down. So really having someone track your emotional interiority of what's going on in your life, in your business, so that you have that safe place to actually land and process. And you're not over-processing with your partner or your spouse yes. or your friends, <laughs> right? We need to kind of distribute our support mechanisms across having our collective mastermind peers and colleagues, having our mentor where you don't want to like throw all your emotional blocks and mindset issues on them, right? They're here for strategy and vision and growth. And then you have the emotional support that is holding you in that kind of emotional roller coaster that does happen as an entrepreneur. Yes, this is so powerful. And I just want to iterate if, as folks listen to Jada explain that, rewind it and listen again. <laughs> because what we, we so much we hear folks say, like, I don't need support. I don't need a coach. I, I just need to focus in on my work. You know, there's even uh, memes going around like, I don't need any more mentors, right? But it, you need someone to hold space 
for you. You need someone to brainstorm with and prioritize things with. And I think that's what you're talking about here as well with planning. We create intentional space and that gives us intentional results as, as you know, as a part of our process. What have you seen from leaders who have shifted from not planning to move into planning. So sharing just a couple of wins that you've seen. Yeah. So I have a client right now, Amber Ray. She's a three-time published author. She's working on her fourth book right now. And she took a year off from her business, which I think a lot of people may have had some forms of sabbaticals, whether intentional or a forcing function that that created that, um, going through a season of grief and really trying to reimagine what is next in her company. And so she wanted to design a new offering that her community had never experienced. And we worked together to create an intentional plan. And on every call, you know, we celebrate our wins. So we're, you know, really acknowledging the progress that is being made. But we also created a strategic, not just a a quarterly plan of like where to focus the energy, but also a marketing plan of like how to communicate and articulate and call those people in. It was the most she had ever charged to her community and audience before, but we really focused on uh, the words that she used was it felt like a sacred launch. And in 30 days, we did $160,000 in revenue, in new revenue, right? Like imagine being able to find new money in your business that hadn't existed before during all of the economic recession, all of these pieces, like it it was a a very fun and creative process. Even in that we were also celebrating and I'm like, Hey, go get a massage, go get some body work, take a bubble bath, you know, soothe your nervous system. Those parts of you that feel scared and anxious that no one's signed up yet, right? All of those pieces being able to hold that. And so because we actually set an intention for what she wanted, we looked at the money that she wanted to generate and we created an actual intentional plan around the marketing as well that she was able to create a win in a way where it didn't feel salesy and icky, but also felt very aligned to her and something that she can rinse and repeat and that she's excited to deliver. And that doesn't come from us throwing spaghetti at the wall. That comes from us actually taking a step back, looking at the big picture of what we're wanting. What are the goals that we want in our business revenue goals? What are the, you know, the goals that you have in your personal life and then integrating those two. And, and I think that's what makes my uh, quarterly planning process also unique because I'm looking at how do we fit your whole life into your business versus your business kind of cramming out your personal world. Yes. And thank you so much for this powerful example, because too, we have seen a a lot of stagnation where folks are not tapping into new ideas, new offers because they feel stuck. And I think with something like in an intentional planning process, part of your process, I know, is to say, what are you visioning? What are you dreaming about? What is important to you right now? And that can help people really get reconnected. So would love to hear you talk about, to me, that whole process you outlined sounds a lot like just uh your mission around like lead with love. What does that mean to you? And how does it apply to how we think about planning? Yeah. So I think for leading with love, it means to lead from the inside out. So we start and we find our answers from within. We don't need to outsource 
our intuition to other people and really being able to, and that's actually the kind of coaches and mentors you want to be looking for people that are really allowing you to tune into your intuition and also create a strategic plan from that, because that's what makes visionaries and founders so creative and cool and thinking outside the box and being innovative is because they're actually tapping into their intuition, into their creativity. So I think leading from the inside out is to prioritize yourself, to look at self-care as an actual business strategy. What is your vision from the inside, not from what everyone is is expecting of you or this external metric of success, really being able to define what is enough for you, what is enough for your company to, to thrive and to sustain itself for the long haul. And for me, I think when we lead with love, where we're loving on ourselves as the leaders, we're loving on our team. And also loving up on our clients and our customers, right? But we have to start from the inside that we are worthy, worthy and valuable of time to plan because actually it's almost like a worthiness problem in a way mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm not yes. worth it. My business is not worth taking the time to slow down and connect to what I really want. And I would even invite people to think about where are they doing that in other areas of their life, right? Where we don't know actually what we want within our own personal relationships, our long-term partnerships and marriages and things because we haven't connected to our own desires and making a plan from that place versus what is expected of us on a societal level because we get to shift. We get to be change makers and really redefine what is success for us on our own terms. Yes, I, you you better preach. Go ahead, Chloe. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I loved that part of your book, just going through it. It was like, okay, it's time for me to sit down with my husband and we do some of this, but I'm like, no, nope, we need to get more structured and intentional about it. Like just absolutely loved that whole concept. So another another plug, go read Jada's book because it's so yes. great. <laughs> yeah. And I'm happy to gift listeners if they want access to my future vision prompts. Lakita, I know you've done yes. it. We've done it in like Santa Cruz mountains, but being able to connect to that bigger vision, I'm happy to gift the community. So I'll give you a link that you can yes. put in the show notes or DM me like vision on Instagram, because I think that being able to really connect to where do I want to be three plus years from now in my business, in my whole life, I think is such an important practice. I'm like all my clients, I'm like, you need to be doing this. And it's hard. It is. That's why we need community. We need the commitment and something on the calendar because otherwise it feels like it's not important, that it's not essential, that it's not going to make a difference in our business and our lives. But it is the thing that is our compass to like guide your team, to guide the company forward. Yes. And Go ahead, Chloe. I'm sorry. We're and jumping at the I bit. know. We're so excited. <laughs> and I love, you know, what you say around don't put a timeline on your dreams, put a timeline on your actions. And that's exactly it, right? It's like planning. You've got to have those dreams to plan that action. Yes. So that visualization, so important. Yeah. I think sometimes too, we will separate our business from this idea of like personal development. And this is what we're talking about. When we put these systems and structures in place, when we have these conversations in our business and outside of our business, this is personal development. This is leadership development. And you're going to come out on the other side of this so happy that you've made the investment to grow in this way. And when we're not committed to growth, we are stagnant. And so then we'll say, why am I having these 
business results? Or why do I feel like I want to run away? It's because we haven't made the investment in ourselves. Yeah. And I I just believe entrepreneurship, starting a company is the biggest personal growth gem ever. (laughs) You're just constantly growing, growing from the inside out. I also want to share the the steps for the quarterly planning process that might be helpful for people just to kind of- see how it's integrated. So step one is about setting your intention. And truly it's like, what is it that you want, but also connecting to the essence, the energy, there might be some emotions or feelings around that of what is my intention? How do I want to feel? Okay. I want to integrate. I want my business to grow successfully, profitably, but I also want to have time for the meaningful moments in my life to be able to volunteer or show up in my kids' classrooms, right? So we need to set the intention first before we even get into planning. And for me, when I get do this process, it's a close your eyes, hand on heart, breathe and really pull that answer, your intention from within versus some kind of metric or goal, like number goal, right? Like really kind of connecting to the essence. And then step two is celebrate your wins. And that's really about acknowledging and building this confidence and momentum because so often as entrepreneurs and founders, we are constantly moving the goalpost further and further away, right? So our eye is like, I mean, I'm futuristic and my strengths finders, that's one of my top strengths. And so I'm constantly always like looking ahead. And so I have to pause and slow down and actually take time to celebrate the wins because so often we think like I'm not there there. And when you start to acknowledge your progress along the way, it also builds confidence in the planning process because when we're planning, we might be trying to problem solve or trying to, you know, solve a revenue goal or anything like that. And so we can have, we can start from a less confident place. But when we remember, oh my goodness, this happened over the last three months, I'm a badass, right? So you want to be able to create that space to celebrate your wins. I even like with my life coach and my therapist, I'm like, listen, here are my wins that I'd like to celebrate first. And then I'll start crying and (laughs) sharing what I'm struggling with. But it just it helps to like remember that we are whole multifaceted humans. And then step three is fill your dream bank. So this is for those visionary people who have all the ideas that they want to slack them to their team, add them to the Trello, (laughs) add it to the next, you know, meeting. It's like, no, put your ideas in the dream bank. And this is your time to like, allow it to be your blue sky period and just get everything out without no no's, no like how much money, when is it going to happen? Do I have the right team? This just gives us the space to tap into our creativity, into those idea downloads that are coming so that they have a home. And then we move into step four, which is determine your capacity. And this is the part, right? Because (laughs) (laughs) And this is really about acknowledging your commitments that you already have on your plate. And this can be commitments in the business, goals and projects that are already in motion, but also personal commitments in your life and honoring the seasonality of your business and your personal life. Um, I'm a mama. So summer just looks a whole lot different than fall and spring and winter holidays looks a lot different. So really strategically planning your business in a way that honors the seasonality of your personal life, the seasonality of the world, and then also the seasonality of your business. Like there's certain, if you look at kind of the track record of your business, you will see where you get the most influx of new clients or customers, right? And kind of paying attention to making those plans. So that's a way to determine our capacity 
honor our capacity so we're not over committing and trying to do all the things like everyone in Q1, it has like 12 projects they want to execute in the next 90 days. (laughs) (laughs) And so we need to like spread that out and be more intentional. So that's for me, that's one of my superpowers is actually knowing what the big picture vision is of my clients, but then throttling their ambition. Like let's slow it down because we don't want to burn out. If we burn out, we're going to want to shut it down we're also going to create resentment in our business where we're not even going to, we don't want to hang out with you anymore. Like walls up, not interested. Like you are exhausting me. So we have to repair our relationship with our business. So we're not resenting it. And part of the thing that helps with that is not over committing ourselves, honoring our capacity. And then the last step five is choose your VIPs. Lakita knows all about these. Very important projects, right? Yeah. So these are the very important priorities. This is what you're committing to. And really for me, it's like one to three VIPs per quarter. So spread that dream bank out over 12 months, give them a home for focus. And that really creates some relief for your team of like, okay, here's the direction we're pointing in. This is the focus. And then they can tell their their CEO founder like, hey, looks like, is there anything we need to switch in this VIP category? If you want to add this new thing to the plate that wasn't here yes. on the plan, we have something to kind of redirect and like revisit and see like, oh, these are our VIPs. And it allows us to stay grounded and focus on what is the commitment for now. Yeah. And this, thank you so much for sharing this breakdown, Jada. And folks, go and implement this formula. It, it will be so impactful in your organization and it'll be so impactful in your leadership because we talk so much and, and folks will think, Hey, if I'm not, you know, complaining or yelling at my team, I'm not sure why things aren't working, but all of these things have such an impact on your team and the culture of your organization. Can the team depend on what the vision is? Are they clear on our next steps? Can they depend on you to show leadership and restraint? And to your point, are they able to come and talk to you and they say, hey, it looks like priorities have shifted. Can we talk that through? And this process gives you all the tools you need to build an effective culture because culture isn't ping pong tables, which if you're here, you know that it is. (laughs) It is about how we prioritize and work together effectively inside of organizations. And this is such a beautiful process for that. Yeah, I love it. Jada, I think that your book is such a powerful formula. I I would just say chapter after chapter is formulas that people can take and implement in their business. It's really regardless of where you start, if you're just starting, if you've been in business for eight years, you can implement this. I would love for you to share with folks what, was your goal in writing She Builds and what you've heard from people so far uh, as they've gotten their hands on this book? Yeah, I was so intentional about the process of writing this book and who it was for. And it and it was a range. It was like startup to a seasoned founder who's been at this for 10 plus years. And, and I was concerned like, oh, will it like land? You know, you got a super niche and all of that stuff. But I, I really think that the, the processes that I share within the book are foundational practices in business growth. And one of my core intentions was that I wanted a business book that centered women's stories, women's voices, especially women of color. Because when I was reading business books, they were all written by mostly white men 
college Ivy League educated, didn't have kids or any caregiving responsibilities. So I really wanted to write a book that spoke to those challenges that we face as women who have been socialized as female or identify as female. And then the other part of my intention around this book was to have it be affordable and accessible. So I've been coaching and and guiding and mentoring for many years and the investments to join my masterminds and my consulting is, you know, it's a higher price point. And I wanted it where someone could go to the library, download Libby, you know, listen to the audio book for free, like to have every tool, strategy, exercise um, that I've done in my retreats, that I've done in my one-on-one consulting, that I've done in my collective and mastermind are all in this book. So you can follow these processes and they're not a one-time thing. It's a revisiting process. It's a constantly realigning yourself with your, your big vision and your dreams and being able to take action on that. So, I mean, I really... I put it all in there. It's like, you know, it's a business coach and a book, you know, like so all of that. And I I really wanted to bring that compassionate leadership to the conversation, like meeting people where they are, but also putting on my consultant hat and my coaching hat on asking those questions and giving strategies so that people could take their businesses to the next level in a way that is aligned with their vision, their values and what they the impact they want to create in the world. Mm, So beautiful. And I love what you just said as far as making it accessible, because even in the book, you talk about, you know, create your own mastermind group. Like you don't, you don't have to pay for it necessarily. You can find someone who's like-minded. You can find that accountability partner and it does make it accessible, which I just love. I also, as I was listening to it, was thinking, even if you're not starting a business or running a business or whatever, there's just some great life tools, right? As far as like, you still want to visualize what you want because it helps you take that intentional action. And so anyway, I'm obsessed with it. I love that you shared that because um, I've had clients who are like, oh, this is good for corporate folks too. This is who you're an employee or my aunt who's retired in her 60s. She's like, I'm using my dream bank to fill out, you know, for my retirement and how, how I want to spend my retirement years. Um, and I also, uh, you know, even with the quarterly planning process, my clients have their employees. They are, what I want is people to be able to lead their teams through this quarterly planning process to be able to start to be more intentional and dreaming and celebrating. And it just creates this beautiful, beautiful energy. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. The book has been just really allowing people to know how I think and people are reading chapter one and they're DMing me and Instagram and like, how can I work with you? Right. So it's like planting that, that seed too, because I, I'm more introverted. I'm not someone who's like out there and teaching marketing strategies and all of these pieces, but it gives a really holistic view of how I think how I strategize, how I coach and hold leaders. And I do believe that leaders need to be held too, which I know y'all know and co-create work that it's like, you can't be the one that has all the answers. You have a lot of them for your team, but you need someone to lean on when you don't have all the answers and to figure things out. So you're not workshopping or you know, emotionally dumping and loading on your team. You need someone outside of the business who can guide you and support you through that process. Yeah, I I think this is such an important point as well to add because we, I believe that there is a real mental health crisis happening within entrepreneurship and with leaders right now. I think we have these conversations every day, 
with clients. We see this in the work that they're doing in the world and there are not enough, we're not tapping enough into resources that are available to support us as leaders. And so this is another challenge as you're listening, folks, to really tap in and get the support that you need. Because you lead an organization, because you're a CEO or a founder does not mean that you don't deserve support. In fact, it's most important for you to get support. And she builds a great tool for you to be able to leverage and start to put some of these processes in place right now. So Jada, we, we kind of geek out. I do have to say we geek out about like tools and technology over here. So we want to know what's your favorite planning tool right now. It was so interesting when I thought about this question and I'm like, I'm not a gadget tool <laughs> type of person, but like the tool for me with planning and productivity. And I'm teaching this to Zoe, my teen, who's 15 years old and studying for AP exams and all the things is a timer. Yes. Like I am just like the timer on your phone. I have time like sand timer, hourglass timers, just a timer for focus because there's the Pomodoro technique, right? So you can set the timer for 25 minutes and then take a, a break for five minutes. I've even been playing with 15 minute Pomodoros mm-hmm. because our, our bandwidth is so overwhelmed and inundated with so much information. But the best planning tool for me is okay. I'm going to give this 15 minutes. I'm tired. I don't want to work on this. I want the day to be over. But it's the non-sexy tasks that need to get done to move the business forward. So then I just set a timer for 15 minutes to do that one task to get it moving. And then once I'm in, I'm like, oh, okay, I can keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Or at at least there was some momentum and progress. But my favorite planning tool is using a timer and better if you can do it with a friend or go to a coffee shop having, you know, they talk about body doubling. Sometimes we do have trouble focusing on the more detailed, minute tasks and just having another physical presence in the room with you or in the Zoom room with you can really help you like declare what are you working on, set the timer, get to work, then after the timer goes off, how'd you do? Because sometimes we squirrel and sometimes we get it done and then we keep we keep it moving. So to me, that's my favorite planning tool is a timer using the Pomodoro technique. And then if you can find a person who you can use for social accountability for those those tasks that you kind of feel like you're in that avoidance category with is, is a great way to move things forward. Yes, this is so great. I love it. And we love all the tools. So... <laughs> This is a great one to add to the list. This has been so, I think it'll be so impactful for all the listeners. And we are so grateful for you to spend time with us today, Jada, and all the brilliance that you share today. Jada, such a great conversation. Before we jump into our final question, is there anything we haven't asked you that you want to share? Anything that you're just wanting to get out there? Yeah, I would say, um, one is giving yourself permission to be a slow cooker in yes. your business and your life. Like part of the planning process is slowing it down before you speed up and accelerate. And so instead of operating as a pressure cooker with all the complicated buttons and all the things, and then you need to release the steam and there's a burn notice, <laughs> just allow yourself to slow it down to slow down so that you can actually hear your voice. So you can hear your intuition. What is that whisper? Because our intuition is not very loud. So you actually have to create some practices to actually just set a timer 
Like pull out your timer, set it for 10 minutes just to hear your own voice. And if you have a journal and a pen next to you, if anything comes up during that moment of silence, like write it down. A lot of our questions and problems and anxiety can, if we connect to our inner knowing, to ourselves and what's being whispered, I think we can get a lot of clarity and confidence from that place. And then I also just want to say, y'all mentioned the book many times. If people go to shebuilds.com, you'll get lots of great bonus goodies, including how I plan my annual retreat schedule. So if you can go to any of your favorite booksellers and then come back to shebuilds.com to enter the receipt number, and that'll give you some really fun um, bonus goodies, including a replay of a quarterly planning workshop so that they can actually see the process live and in real time. Love it. Love it. (laughs) And we will have all of those details for you all in the show notes as well. You've been so gracious, Jada. We always love to ask our guests their top three attributes of a successful leader. So we would love to hear your top three attributes. Yeah, I had so many. But (laughs) so then I started to think about the ABCs of love, which I define as acknowledgement, belonging, and connection. And I think when leaders are in a a spirit of acknowledgement, of appreciating their team, appreciating themselves, celebrating themselves, giving ourselves that vitamin V, right? Where we validate ourselves and we can also validate others that, that builds a very sacred practice of reciprocity of like being seen and heard. And really that's, I mean, there's this one Oprah talk that I rewatch over and over again that she did with the Stanford interview, but everyone just wants to be seen and heard. Did I do okay? Was I okay? You know, all of that. And so that's what our team is looking for, right? Am I doing okay? Am I doing the job that I got hired for? And so acknowledgement allows us to be in that spirit of appreciation and then belonging, really creating, which Lakita and Chloe think you all do so great of that inclusive workspace and having the diversity of strengths and talents, right? Can you make everyone feel like they belong, including yourself in the process, right? Because the visionaries were, you know, we we think we're weirdos and we're out here and no one gets us or understands us, but how can we create an inclusive workplace of belonging? And then the last one, connection, right? Which is really about leading with compassion, deep listening, I understand. I hear you. I think as leaders, we have to slow down, not just the strategy and the planning process, but slow down in the listening. Our people have so much to share with us, whether that's clients and customers or our employees that we're, we're, we're leading, that we really need to slow down and just listen and not just, just speak and direct and here's and delegate. Those things are great skills, but we also need to develop connection where we are actually being compassionate and listening to what's going on and being able to receive that, that feedback and reflection for, for growth inner and outer in the business. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jada. As we mentioned this, I think this episode is full of gems. I'm so excited for all the things that you're getting. You can follow Jada at Jada Selner. We're going to have all of her contact information, book information, and the wonderful freebie that she's offering this community in the show notes. So tap in Jada. Thank you. And we always end with saying thank you for your leadership. So we appreciate you. Thank you.
Thank you for spending time with us today. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at cocreatework.com. And if you'd like a little weekly love in your inbox, subscribe to our mailing list and get our guide to 40 powerful questions to accelerate your growth. The link is in the show notes. Finally, we want more leaders like you joining us each week. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Co-Create Work podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.